Football is officially back, and we've got you covered right here on the Ringer NFL feed. I'm Shiel Kapadia, and every Tuesday and Friday, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you Extra Point Taken. Nora Princiati here to tell you that Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Monday and Thursday. Our Monday show will recap everything from Sunday's games. Thursday's show will encompass any news during the week with an eye towards the next slate of games. Subscribe to the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow the Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter at Ringer NFL. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Let's roll, baby. It is a January 2nd, New York, New York. Happy New Year, one and all. JJ Johnson-Stremski digesting a lot that has transpired here in the last 48 to 72 hours. There is just a lot going on. I am starting this recording, just so you know, at 1.13 on Tuesday morning, right after the national semifinal games. I told Stefan, I don't want to wait until the morning. I want to help out my morning rush people who are waking up, who are starting their work week. You know, there's a whole lot of Sunday scaries on a Tuesday going on. Because we've gone through the Christmas holiday and you go through the New Year's festivities and whatnot. But I couldn't wait uh, until 10 o'clock in the morning to get on a microphone and start ripping away here. So let's get right to it. I have a Giants take, totally unrelated to what we saw on Sunday. Which, by the way, was a masterful class in how to compete in a game against a playoff caliber opponent. How to coach up a quarterback, how to scheme up an offense, and yet still find a way to lose at the end of the game. So Tyrod Taylor missing Saquon Barkley on the two-point play. Amazing. Brian Dable playing for a 50-something-yard field goal with a kicker they just signed off the street. Amazing. If I'm a Giant fan, and I had dinner with one, New Year's dinner, right after the 4 o'clock games, I, I go out, our good buddy, the great Alex Plavin and his wife and my now wife, Caitlin, we go out for great noodle pudding, by the way, in Brooklyn. Fabulous, fabulous spot. I see him when I walk in and he's like smiling, giddy as a schoolboy, because that's exactly what he wanted from a giant perspective. Cover the number, but lose the game. 
and it sets you up for where you need to be draft-wise, which is not going to be number one or two, but it can be enhanced with another loss Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. But I kind of gave you a long-winded description of my big giant takeaway. Sorry, I just had to share. If the Giants have an opportunity to take Michael Penix, I know he's got three unbelievable wide receivers, and I know that there are some questions about his durability. If you tell me after what I saw tonight in Penix throwing dimes down the field, showing elusiveness, making every throw on the field. I saw him torch Oregon a few weeks ago. He's been money all year at Washington. That's a quarterback at the very least. I got to think long and hard about as I'm going through my draft process, as I'm going through, hey, what do I like? What do I not like? Daniels is the other guy that's gotten a lot of attention from a giant standpoint. You understand why. But watch it, Michael Penix. You're going to get another chance to watch him as Washington did everything imaginable down the stretch to lose that game. Everything imaginable to lose that game against Texas. From throwing on third down when Texas only had two timeouts to the poor guy getting hurt, which saved 40 seconds on the clock, to not covering down the field. I mean, you you name it. I thought Washington was going to yuck up the game. It was going to be one of the more improbable chokes that you'd ever see in a college football game. But they survive, and they're going to the national championship. We'll get to Bama and Michigan in a little bit. But if you're a Giant fan watching that game, and I did tonight, and I watched every snap, and I've seen every snap Penix has played the last two weeks. I feel like I've watched him a lot. And actually, he's not been good to me, ATS, because anytime... I watch them, I bet against them, and I lose. So I'm not particularly thrilled about that. But if I were a Giant fan saying, all right, I don't have the number one pick, I don't have the number two pick, but I'm clearly in a position where I can think about getting my next quarterback, I'd like to see, quite frankly, what Brian Dable would be able to do with a quarterback of the talent of Michael Penix or Daniels. Because you saw it last Sunday with Tyrod Taylor. Brian Dable could scheme up and coach up an offense. All of a sudden now, Giants taking shots down the field. They're making things happen. They were were aesthetically pleasing for the most part Sunday against the Rams. Going up against the team, oh, by the way, that desperately needed to go and win the game. So start thinking about that name, Giant fans. And when we do our show on Thursday, very curious to get a Michael Penix sense or a Michael Penix feel. I'm a fan. And if the Giants go and draft them in the first round, I'm going to have absolutely no problem with that. I can't believe, and I'm no draft expert, okay? I I don't do progressions, projections, all this mumbo-jumbo, okay? What I do do is I watch college football. How does Michael Penix not grade out as a first-round pick, and yet a guy like Zach Wilson is grading out as a first-round pick? Uh, or, or, Or I'll give you another example. Mac Jones, where it's a similar type of vibe, where it's, oh, you got a lot of talent around them, Ba, ba, ba. You ever see Mac Jones look like Penix? I know at Alabama, he probably put up some gaudy style lines, but the mobility, the arm strength, everything. I love that kid. I absolutely love him. And I think they're going to be live in the game against Michigan. Now, Michigan, another team that did everything imaginable to lose this game against Alabama today. Awful special teams. Dominating the first half and yet only had a three-point lead to show for it. Found themselves down seven. Seven. Feeling very tight. 
And give them credit. They got back to running the football. They marched it down the field. They scored to tie it. They end up winning in overtime. I don't know what Alabama was doing on that fourth down play call. It's clearly the offensive coordinator's fault. How does Saban sign off on that play? I know it was a bad snap. That play never had a chance. It never had a chance in overtime on fourth down. So Michigan goes and finally gets over the hump here in the college football playoff, and it's going to be Michigan and Washington. If you had that on your bingo court at the beginning of the year, you're a smarter man or you're a smarter woman than me. Uh, and I think it will make for some entertaining theater. Harbaugh, the idea of this maybe being the last game he ever coaches at Michigan, as some say he kind of has his sights set on the NFL. Washington, fun story. Team that's kind of had tiger blood in college football like all season long. So I kind of was all in on the college football today. Not only that, I was very in tune and very dialed in to see what OG Ananobi and the New York, New York Knickerbockers were going to bring to the table against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I remember Ananobi in the playoff run with Toronto a few years ago. We know what his reputation is as a player. His versatility and being able to watch him guard multiple positions, that gave the Knicks a sort of swag and feel on defense that, let's be honest, it has been lacking for a month. And I know it's partially due to the fact that Mitchell Robinson is out and clearly their interior defense was not as good without Mitch, but no knock on Barrett and no knock on quickly. They don't guard like Ananobi. And you saw immediately in game one, the way Ananobi was switching off variety of really talented Minnesota Timberwolves. Like they could put him on Carl Anthony Towns. They could go and guard Anthony Edwards. They could go and guard this. Like, it's like, wow. You see why he was so coveted by this front office. He's a winning player. And if he's hitting shots, and he's a good three-point shooter, but if he's hitting shots, that's a guy who's going to be a fan favorite instantly. Because New Yorkers love players that bring it with that sort of intensity. And that's why I said it was a weird trade when it went down on Saturday. I didn't necessarily say it was a trade I didn't like. It was just a weird trade to process because of the homegrown nature of Barrett, the homegrown nature of Quickly, how likable those two guys were and the idea of going and making a trade after like a bad game against the Orlando Magic. But Nick's got the best player in the deal. And in a true way, they got a bench player who could be a big that can help them, which was lacking without Mitchell Robinson. So first day of the trade, a whole lot to like. You go and beat one of the best teams in basketball this year and beat the Minnesota Timberwolves and another monster game out of Julius Randle. Look, I've been hard on Randall. Many of you have been hard on Randall. And I think for most of us, the reality of the situation with Julius is until you see him in the postseason going ball out in the series, you're going to have trust issues. You just are. For every great game in the regular season that you get out of Randall, it's like, okay, well, if you got to scheme up for him and you got to play him in a seven-game series, is, is he going to be able to respond to that? I mean, look at his points per game in the postseason. It's like drastically, drastically lower than what it's been in his Nick tenure in the regular season. 
Now, I know defense is better and your scouting and uh, the intensity and everything that comes with it. But that's something Julius is going to have to deal with. And you, and you would hope one of these years he'd go and have a monster first-round series against someone. You want to tell me inevitably Randall is what he is as a player and he's going to get exposed as you go up in competition? Yeah, there could be some truth in that. But he goes up against a team that, you know, is kind of not of the ilk defensively as some of the other top teams. Then it's like, all right, well, let me see him at least, even if Nick's going to go and lose the series, go and play well in the postseason. <coughs> Can I see that out of Rand? But, I mean, you look at his numbers after the first two weeks of the year, they're top notch. And they have put him clearly in a position where he can go and be an all-star again for this team. So, first day of the new look New York Knicks, I was rather impressed. They built the big lead, hung on late. Even though Ananobi fouled out, I thought it was terrific in the game. And that's a nice W against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And they play that like weird Wednesday game on ABC. Like I saw that, I knew they were playing on Wednesday. I, I see the schedule and I'm like, the Knicks are playing on ABC at 8.30 on a Wednesday night? I guess writer's strike related. I mean, Knicks Bulls. You would have put that game in the late 90s on ABC or on NBC, really. The vintage NBA on NBC days. You'd be salivating middle of the week. I don't know if I'm salivating to go and watch the Martha Rosen and Zach Levine, but I'd be rather intrigued to see the Martha Rosen and Nick uniform in a couple weeks at the NBA trade deadline. Just saying, just throwing that out there. So, good win for the Knicks tonight. Now, there are a lot of permutations going on as far as playoff scenarios, as far as thinking about who's in, who's out, as far as the NFL is concerned. Normally, you look at the two one seats and you're like, all right, one of them is going to get picked off. Baltimore. I saw a firsthand against the Dolphins, and I'm still reeling from that game. What happened on the field? What happened off the field? I, I don't understand for the life of me how Mike McDaniel has Brett Chubb out there in the 30-point game with three minutes to go. I mean, Mike, game's over. Anybody of significance got to be out of the game. Loses Chubb for the year on a torn ACL. Tua takes a shot to the shoulder. Like, they are, they are beyond decimated to the point where I, and the odds makers, for that matter, expect them to lose to the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. and. The crazy thing about how this could all shake out Sunday, and we'll be doing our pod Sunday night once the playoffs are unveiled. I'll probably be in a really pissy mood after the Dolphins lose to the Bills. So uh, mentally prepare for that. You guys might get a kick out of that. I I'm going to be in a really crummy mood, but we're going to do the pod after the game on Sunday. That way we know the schedule. We know some of the early spreads, and we can kind of adjust and go from there. Buffalo can be as high as a two seed. They beat Miami. And if they lose to Miami, if certain things go a certain way, like Pittsburgh beating Baltimore's backups, or Jacksonville beating the Tennessee Titans, where Buffalo could be out of the postseason if they go and they lose to the fence. So quite the wide range of, wow, a lot can happen. And it's set up to be a really good Week 18. You go through all these matchups, though. And then there's the Jets and the Patriots. Like, the Jets and the Patriots. And I've already talked to Beningo about this, and I am in lockstep agreement. I love the Patriots on Sunday. 
Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely love the Patriots on Sunday. If that's going to be Bill Belichick's last game as New England Patriot head coach, do you think he's losing to the New York Jets? I mean, how long have you been watching the New England Patriots and the New York Jets in this rivalry or this lopsided, one-sided, forcible rivalry? It's been the varsity and the JV for 20 years. And even with the Patriots stinking up the joint, like they have three of the last four years, Jets still can't beat them. If this is Belichick's last game, and I, I don't know if that's a stone cold lock. I don't know if Belichick's going to have to give up control of personnel, whatever the case may be. Man, I think the Jets are going in there and winning that game. And listen, for most Jet fans who have rational thoughts in their brain, they're probably going to want to lose to improve the draft pick. And then the merry-go-round can begin for Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, and they can try to figure out, all right, let's get Aaron Rodgers back on the field, and let's try and end the longest postseason drought in all football. Because, yes, come next week, we'll be yet another year. We are not watching the New York Jets playing in the postseason. So, aside from that, it's a beautiful thing to have NFL Sunday ticket because you got a lot of good games this week. The Packer-Bear game is fascinating. The idea of Justin Fields, whether he's playing for his job, the idea of Fields trying to win and keep the Packers out of the playoffs, I can't wait to watch that storyline. Then you have the Saturday game in Pittsburgh where Tomlin is sticking with Mason Rudolph, which to me is hands down the right decision. I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. They won two games in a row. They just beat Cincinnati, just won at Seattle. Yeah, at this point, Mason Rudolph, you're the quarterback. Nah, I'm not messing with anything. And if he struggles, then maybe you go to Kenny Pickett. But I like that that game's at 4.30. And I like this hot take. I love that the Texans and the Colts are a Saturday night game. It's a winning game. It's a great opportunity to showcase C.J. Stroud, who has been fantastic to watch all year. Going up against this upstart Indianapolis team that's exceeded a whole lot of people's expectations. So I love that game Saturday night. and then Sunday. Yeah, I'm going to be very antsy. I'm not going to lie. You have Dallas playing for the two. Philly, whether or not they're going to play guys against the Giants, I think is going to be a storyline worth monitoring. And then what wacky things can transpire? Like, can Tennessee go and knock Jacksonville maybe out of the playoffs? See, selfishly for me, from a Miami perspective, I am rooting for Pittsburgh, and I am rooting for Jacksonville win. Because I want the game to be, hey, Buffalo is the two or they're going home. I don't want a safety net for them. Because I want them tight going into that game. I want them tight. I'm at the point now where my Super Bowl dreams and aspirations are out the window. Dolphins too beat up. It's not happening. I just told this Stefan. My mood from when we went out to dinner on Friday night to where it is now on Tuesday, January 2nd, it's drastically different. But the Bill fan irritates me. They irritate me. The Western New York, throwing people through tables, all this nonsense. Rude, rude, rude fan base. Throwing snowballs at my team last year when they're playing that dopey game in the snow. I would love nothing more to be dancing on Sunday night. Even if my team is not going to the Super Bowl. If they can send the Bills home and the Dolphins can win their first division title since Chad Pennington in 2008, I am going to be, paint that picture. 
So that's what's at stake here over the next few days. And uh, I, I know they are not the local team. And many of you probably have a major disdain for me and the team I root for and my coach and whatever the case may be. Beningo told me he's rooting hard for the Dolphins on Sunday. The big Jeff fan, detesting the Dolphins for years, is rooting for Buffalo. At least on Sunday, Joe. Welcome to the pack. Welcome to the pack. So I had a lot to get off my plate. Uh, I'm doing better after Sunday, in case you're wondering. I am doing better. These games put me in a good mood. They were fantastic. It's the first time in a long time we actually had a national semifinal with both games. Last year, they were both good. Got to be fair. TCU-Michigan was solid, and then Georgia-Ohio State game was a classic. This year, you had... Two good games. The, the Bama-Michigan game was like ugly on the surface, but it was close. And it came down in a wire and it goes to overtime. It was complaining there. And this Texas-Washington game was a lot of fun. Remember I said this. Penix. Buy stock. Giants. Think long and hard about it. Not saying he's got to be your quarterback. But if he is, I, I think you're going to be in good shape. I really do. All right. Let's take a couple of calls. Um, and then we'll be back on Thursday. Full-fledged regular season finale of Football Fridays. No cats. Fantasy championships over. We'll have Joe. We'll have Art. And I'm working on a Nick spot because I want to dig into not only this Ananobi move, but I also want to dig into what could be next on the horizon maybe in the next eight weeks and what could be next as far as next summer and beyond regarding how the roster is going to look down the road. But, I mean, they want a major, major smash hit for Ananobi. And the Knickerbockers. All right, let's take a break and we'll rip some calls right after this. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So, when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes. All that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. All right, before we hit some voicemails, there will be um, a Knicks Bulls Wednesday night SGP. So I have to get in the lab. I'll have to figure out what I'm going to do uh, as far as that goes. If you're wondering about what the opening line is, Washington, Michigan, seeing a four and a half on FanDuel. Michigan favored by four and a half. I think Washington is live in the game. I know Michigan's defense is terrific. I know they own the Alabama offensive line. I don't know if they can cover those wide receivers. 
those wide receivers and Penix's mobility, Washington, this idea that nobody is really giving them credence, myself included, all year. And yet here they are. They're playing on Monday night. So I know a lot of people are going to be thinking, Harbaugh, coronation, go and take Michigan. My lean, and I'll make the official pick when I have Ordon on Thursday and we get ready for the uh, great weekend of football. Week 18 in the NFL, and then it's capped on Monday night with the championship game. I love the way college football has that going. And with the Bulls being as crummy as they have been, is there honestly anybody on planet Earth who's complaining about a 12-team playoff? I mean, how in God's name could you be complaining about a playoff at this stage? How? So you, you could go and sit and watch more bowl games with guys opting out and, and trying to figure out who's who and what's what in some of these games. Please, thank goodness. Thank goodness. They're going to 12 teams next year. Thank goodness. So I look forward to having more college football on my plate right before the Christmas holiday because I guess that's what it's going to be. They'll go with the round of 12 games and then they'll have it this weekend, the final four. And then of course that Monday night national championship. So good evolution as far as I'm concerned. I have voicemails at 917-382-1151. Uh, Steph, let's go. What do we got? You know, JJ, it's always been said that, you know, a team, an organization, the whole fans always take on the personality of the head coach. So for instance, with, with Rex and when he was at the Jets, you know, everybody was super outgoing. They were aggressive. They were brash. Everybody was all about, hey, we're the Jets. Don't come at us. You know, it was it was super verbose. Not saying it was good or bad one way or the other, but that's just how it was. Even even Tannenbaum got into it. He was very out of, out of character, you know, just being very forward with some of his press conferences and, and interviews. And and now with Robert Sala, I, I, I think I could safely say these, this Jets organization is just completely delusional. The man, Sala, is completely delusional with every press conference, right? It's almost as if, is this head coach, whether it's after a game, middle of the week, is this head coach actually watching the football games, how he's talking about this team versus what we're seeing on the field, right? And now we're sitting there going, oh, wow, so we have to watch another year of him along with this, with this GM, Joe Douglas, who has once again proven time and time again he has zero idea how to go and build a team. Right, and talking about this delusion, my, my initial point. Now, okay, they're going to be back. Aaron Rodgers comes out, says, "I love this. We're coming back." It is it, the, the media commentary. You know, some of your former colleagues at FAN, the worldwide leader, whoever it is. You know, it's almost as a, as if we're replaying what they've been talking about in June of, of this year. Oh, Aaron comes in. He's the band aid. He fixes it all. Has anybody been watching this team? This is beyond ridiculous. This is, I mean, oh, but yeah, but the defense is good. This defense gave up 200 yards rushing against the Giants with Tommy DeVito as quarterback. And this was not the present-day Tommy DeVito, you know, who's, who's going to be a backup for 10 years, but the Tommy DeVito who couldn't throw a pass. They still gave up 200 yards rushing. And we, did, and we just watched what happened last night. I mean, come on. What, what are we thinking here? This, is, this team is going to be 7-10 and 10 at best next year. And the worst part about this is that because they sold their soul to Aaron Rodgers, hey, for better or for worse, that's what they did. Had he played this year? Who knows what happened? My guess, we're looking at a very similar season, you know, based off of the, what we're really seeing with this organization, with this team, how they're, how they're coached, how they're built. Um, what happened? You know, before we know it, you know, Wilson, Gardner, all these contracts are up due, right? And then you're sitting there with a 42-year-old Aaron Rodgers. Who's signing here? This team is in such an abyss, and I know, I know. All right, let's see what happens next year, because that's really the best-case scenario. 
that we can have for this team to see what happens. But man, oh man, we are looking at some dark times, dark times. We could be losing some of the marquee, marquee guys in this team. I mean, we have a terrible coach, awful GM. And man, and let's say Salah and, and Douglas say, do you trust these guys to take another young quarterback? They destroyed Zach Wilson. What are they going to do moving forward? You're as disgruntled as it gets. I get it. I understand it. And unfortunately, there's not going to be anything that can transpire between now and September that's going to change your view on what you think the Jets are going to be. With even Aaron Rodgers coming back into the fold. And, you know, I did this top five list on SY regarding things that I think might happen next year. I'm not sold on the idea the Jets are going to end the playoff trial next year. And I know we'll see what happens in the offseason. Of course, I reserve the right to change my mind. And, you know, I might be thinking differently if the Jets go and have a big offseason. And I kind of like what they're doing. Uh, but you got a 40-some-year-old quarterback coming off an Achilles. And you have a GM I don't trust and a head coach who has shown me nothing. You look for difference makers in head coaches. Robert Sal is not a difference maker. You want to tell me, hey, Aaron Rodgers comes back. The offense is way better. The defense, therefore, is going to be fine. And all of a sudden, it fits. Okay, well, let me see that. As I told you on Thursday, and I don't want to get nuts about a game that meant nothing for the Jets against Cleveland. But I thought it was eye-opening, the idea that Cleveland didn't have Amari Cooper. They didn't have Nick Chubb. They've gone through four different quarterbacks this year. One, two, three, four different quarterbacks this year. And they're on their way to winning 11 games. That, to me, is top-notch coaching. What Kevin Stefanski was able to do. He made it work. We have seen an example of the opposite of that with Robert Sala. Where, yes, it was a compromised situation. It was an unfair situation. But they did not make the best of it. And it's another year in which you're under 500 and missing the postseason where you don't have the confidence that come next year, it's going to be better. They did put all their eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket. And that's why it makes sense to go back to that well. And I understand Rodgers probably saying, hey, guess what? I don't want to deal with new coach. I don't want to deal with any of this. Let's just try this again. My advice to Robert Sal and Joe Douglas, better work. Because if not, there's no way in the world either guy should have that job at the end of next year. Because if Rodgers was a part of this mess, everybody would be fired. We'd be talking about a house cleaning across the board in jet lane. They're getting a mulligan. They're getting a do-over. My confidence level that they're going to find a way to get it right, not particularly high. It's just not. Prove me wrong. That's, that's my mantra to the Jets in 2024. Go prove me wrong. Because right now, I'm like, not, I'm not there. I'm just, I'm not there. Let's take one more. JJ, Dan from Ann Arbor. First time, long time, last time. How about those Wolverines? Go blue. Uh, Dan, obviously having a little fun at my expense because I had picked Alabama to win the game and I had picked Alabama to go and win a national championship. And uh, I'm not going to lie. When Bama takes a seven-point lead in the fourth quarter of this game, I thought it was over. I thought it was done so. And it wasn't. Hey, Michigan, a lot of the stuff that has been 
in the air. You know, this narrative of, oh, it's, it's us against the world. Harbaugh trying to play it up. The whole team trying. Guys, a lot of it's self-inflicted. Can, can, we, can we acknowledge that? You guys brought it upon yourselves with some of the violations you were bringing to the table. But the team is taking on the personality of the coach. And, you know, that's one thing about the Harbaugh's. Say what you want about Jim Harbaugh. His team takes on his personality. That was the case in the NFL, and you've seen it now at College of Michigan. They're tough. And John Harbaugh is one of the best coaches in the NFL. And he's not going to get coached the year because his roster is just too good. One more is playing too well. Harbaugh is as good as anybody. Like, you, you talk about coaches you'd want leading your team right now. It's Andy Reid. It's John Harbaugh. It's Mike Tomlin. One, two, and three as far as I'm concerned. And then you get to the Shanahan's. You get to the McVeigh's. You know, Sirianni, McDaniel, like them, but more to prove. Belichick, different animal. You know, the Pete Carroll's kind of on the way out. I'm down on Sean Payton. Like Vrabel. But, like, if you're telling me right now, top three coaches in the NFL, if you're taking Belichick out of it, because I, I kind of do at this stage. I do. I'd be like, one, anywhere, because of what he does coaching up an offense. And just the ways he can game plan to get a quarterback ready to go, to make the most of what he has with offensive talent. I mean, you're seeing a totally different Kansas City offense than you did last year than the one you saw the year before. And this year, I know it hasn't been pretty, but he makes it work. Harbaugh, teams are good every year. Tomlin, like Tomlin still hasn't had a losing season. Can you imagine that? Think about how many losing seasons we've seen collectively with the Jets and the Giants over the last 10 years. Mike Tomlin has been a head coach in Pittsburgh since 2007. He hasn't seen a losing season. And the amazing thing is you talk to people who are still fans, and, you know, it's this weird dynamic because they, they, they feel like, hey, like, yes, he's been a great coach. Yes, we appreciate what he's done. But, you know, it's a, it, in some ways, not exactly the same. But there's like a, a comparison of what you've seen with Cashman and Tomlin. The only, the only counter I'd have for you is that Mike Tomlin's still having the same sort of success they had maybe early in his career. He just hasn't won a second Super Bowl. You know, I guess the Steeler fan, like the Yankee fan, is spoiled. But it's harder, it's harder to do it in the NFL than it is in baseball. I mean, uh, there's no getting around that. Going to having these consecutive winning years with the Yankees, I'm not celebrating that. The NFL, it's hard to avoid losing seasons. It's hard. It happens. Some years, shit hits the fan. Things go wrong. Things are going against you. Not with Mike Tomlin. And that's why he'll continue to coach the Pittsburgh Steelers for the foreseeable future. Needs to hire a better offensive coordinator. Might need to get a better quarterback, but that man can coach. He can lead. He can motivate. So. That's exactly the sort of like front man you want for your organization. They've had things go wrong. They've kept the operation afloat. And like with Salah, I don't get wrapped up into what he says to the media. Like as far as like Samini asking him the question about getting mad, like what do you think he's going to do yelling at a reporter? Like that's going to change anything as far as the state and the, the feel of the team? No. 
But what I do take solid attacks for is the fact that his team is unprepared to play consistently. That his team commits a zillion penalties consistently. Like, that's loserish behavior. That is something I'll hold you accountable for. And lucky in some regard that Aaron Rodgers got hurt this year because, yeah, you could say this year could have been different. That's true. But you also could be talking about a guy who's out of a job and he's getting another chance at this because of what happened in week one. So we'll be back with a full-fledged Football Friday pod on Thursday. Remember, I have an SGP on FanDuel for the Knicks-Bulls game on Wednesday. No Jeff Money today because Jeff Money's hurting. The voice is shot. I told him, take a day. I heard him Saturday on the OG Ananobi uh, Knicks Twitter spaces we did, and he's like fighting to get a sentence together. I'm like, Jeff, come down. Get some honey, get some tea, and get the voice right uh, for Thursday's show. Uh, I got to regroup. Had a bad week. Thought I was making my move on Benigo, and then I go and, and give you a pathetic performance. Uh, I can tell you this. Spoiler alert. I will not be picking the Dolphins this week. And if anything, I might, I might even try the reverse juju of going with Buffalo. We'll see. After my one and four uh, week 17. Quote Joe Girardi, it's not what you want. Uh, I hope everybody had a happy and safe New Year. Uh, Stefan, before we say goodbye, we had a wonderful time. I took Stefan, his gal Jasmine, my wife Caitlin. We went out to uh, Little Luger's and we had a couple of cocktails in Williamsburg after on Friday evening. It is now Luger's experience number two for you, Stefan. Differences, if any. All right, so my second time at Lucas, Jay, uh, I will say that I had a great time this time. Um, creamy spinach was good. The potatoes were good. We didn't go with the onion rings. Forgot about that. I wasn't a big fan of the first time. Well, and you know what? To be honest, Stefan, I don't think we ever did the onion rings ever again. That was like a one-off. So you were out on yes. the onion rings. So I'm right yeah. there with you. No issues. Out on the onion rings. But Caesar salad, amazing. Caesar salad was a great call. So shout out to Kate for the Caesar salad. That was a very good pro move on her end. And the dessert, the dessert, I wasn't looking forward to the dessert, but the key lime pie and the cheesecake, the cheesecake, excuse me, were amazing. Well, we got so bullied. I will Let's say, be honest. We got bullied into ordering dessert, which by the way, Stefan, yes, I am doing a- We um, got cornered. I am doing a little cleanse here in the month of January as far as dessert is concerned, as far as alcohol is concerned. Uh, I, I need a little break for the body after the champagne on New Year's Eve. I, I, Jay, I. You're on board. Yes. Wow. You're doing a little cleanse as well. I agree with you, bro. We need I, it, bro. We need it. I don't it. know about a cleanse, but I, I need to, I need to, I need to take some time off. I need, I need to get myself together for sure. I I'll tell you, man, you the amount of yeah, eating I've been doing. New Year's Eve. Day. Stefan, between Lugers, the noodle pudding, Brooklyn dinner on New Year's Eve. Uh, eating at the Jastrzemski's, right. eating at the Sanchez residence. I, it's just too much. So I, I love it, but just too much, yeah. too much, too much. Um, so enjoyable Luger experience. You're, you're fired up to go back. Ronnie would be very happy to hear that. And how Absolutely. about us seeing our great we'll, buddy, we'll my to buddy Tommy, who normally for years yes. was the mater d' there, now has retired. And what are the odds that we go to dinner and he's in there? We're holding court in the, in the, in the dining room. I mean, outrageous, Stefan. Outrageous. And yeah, I love it, right? He's just telling us everything and he wants to talk next. He's like, man, I got to go with my family. But we're going to have this conversation the other day. But that was, that was fun to see everybody. And 
just just the respect and, and the way that people treat you at Lucas is a one service. So I am here. This is not an ad. They didn't pay me to say this, but I will be attending Lugers again in the near future. For oh, we'll sure. be going back. I think I'm going to set up a lunch date so we can go. Oh, you got to get the burger. I need I... to try the burger out. So I may be, I'm, I, I, I will be, we'll be in talks because I, I do need to go on a lunch date there and try out the burger. So we'll be, we'll be in conversation about that. The move will that. be golf. Listen to this data we'll set up. Golf into okay. burger at Lugers right. into Yankee right. game at night. How about that? Oh boy, that's a day, JJ. Well, that you is know, day. that is that what is I live for, Stefan. The days of all days. We so, can uh, do that. That's a day. On a day where that I'm dreaming about getting that. back out on the golf course and I'm dreaming about warmer weather, think of morning golf into a Peter Luger's afternoon that's a nice burger, summer day. into a cocktail after our cleanse is complete at the bodega on an off pod night, going to watch Juan Soto hit bombs at Yankee Stadium. That that's not a bad. That you know what, Jay. That you know what. Sign me up. Sign me up. I'm in. I'm in. Hey, <laughs> I'm in. You sold me. I'm in. On a I'm night in. when we're trying to think of some warm thoughts at the beginning of the year, I think I just painted Stefan a nice, pretty picture. On that note, I hope everybody had a very terrific start to 2024. We'll be back Thursday night, Friday morning. Good job by Stefan. He crushed Luger's. We crushed Luger's. We'll be going back. That's a given. What a surprise. What else is new? Everybody enjoy their Wednesday, Tuesday, whatever day it is. I can't even keep track. We'll be back in a couple of days. JJ out. Enjoy. Be good, everybody. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 100-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 100-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or... Visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 109 within Indiana, 100-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 100gambler.net in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org, or call one 800 327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.